Yeah. 50 years of hip hop. 50 years of hip hop from Listener Power, KEXP. Welcome to 50 Years of Hip Hop. I'm Larry Mizell Jr. This week, Dusty Henry takes us back to 2005 to revisit Love Sick Part 3 from the late legendary Japanese producer Nujabes. We'll also hear from the rapper Shingo 2, a frequent collaborator with Nujabes. He reflects on his friend's legacy and the lovesick hexology they created together. After hip-hop started catching on in the Bronx, it quickly became a global phenomenon, reaching all the way to artists in Japan, including Jun Seba. He was both a record store owner and a fan of hip-hop, so he started making beats of his own. He even remixed his own name, spelling it backwards and putting out music under the name Nujabez. Nujabes first started releasing music in the late 90s on his own label, Hideout Productions. The first releases included cassette mixtapes packed with American soul and hip-hop tracks from his own collection. From there, he started chopping up jazz samples, which quickly drew comparisons between him and the legendary Detroit producer, Jay Dilla. By the way, serendipitously, Dilla and Nujabes were born on the same exact day. From the start, Nujabes was a highly collaborative musician, bringing in a variety of rappers from Japan and the U.S. This spirit led him to connect with a Japanese rapper based out of the Bay Area in the United States named Shingo Anen, a.k.a. Shingo 2. Shingo had a front row seat to the rise of groups like Hieroglyphics, Hobo Junction, and Living Legends. Shingo began to make a name for himself, rapping over breakbeats in both English and Japanese. Sometimes he'd even rap in both on the same track. After releasing a few projects, Shingo was suddenly approached by Nujibes. He emailed me, and I'm pretty sure it was in Japanese, but yeah, or it could have been in English. I'm not quite sure. We just kind of started talking, and then we just agreed to meet in Japan one time, and that's when I put everything together. I had no clue that he was a store owner or he already had a label, none of that. At the time, Shingo was in a different artistic space than the direction Nujibes was heading in. I was really more into the um, either like really hard boom bap sound or like really underground experimental space. I remember, um, like, even the day that we met, I had just finished this long, very theatric piece with Dose One, and, you know, I was so proud of it. So out there, you know, you know what I mean? So it was very different to be kind of pulled back into that very kind of simple, melodic um Kind of, kind of very old school vibe. Even at that point, you know, in the late 90s, I was really trying to be uh, different. Despite this, one track in particular grabbed Shingo's attention. The beat that would ultimately become the first Love Sick. It was very simple, you know, and it, it was that one particular sample that he used for Love Sick Part 1 that really stood out for me. You know, it was very melancholic and I really liked the riff. So one day I just decided to hit him up and the rest is history. Love sick like a dog canine sensitivity, developing the new theory or relativity, connecting the souls, resting in captivity. 
positivity, positive life, sacrifice what it is to be our history. For their first ever collaboration, Shingo and Nujibez couldn't have been more in sync. Like Shingo says in the song, Nujibez's beat and his melody are pure eloquence. When you're hopping on to a song and then you're, you're formulating your raps, it's almost like you're making a short film, you know, and then it's almost like you're acting kind of a role, you know. So I kind of decided, okay, for this lovesick song, I'm going to speak in a lot of idioms and kind of trying to have like a thinly veiled double entendres and you know what I mean like it was just a lot of clever cutesy wordplay and that was a character that I thought it would match this whole series they kind of even boiled down to how I spelt the title you know and just trying to be clever with everything there were no big plans for lovesick after it came out in 2001 Nujibez, purist that he was, pressed the single on vinyl and sold it at his record store in Shibuya, Japan. Back then, there was no social media to help gauge the song's popularity around the world. All Shingo had to go by was Nujibez telling him it was selling well at the store. It seemed like the end of their lovesick collaborations, until tragedy struck on the global stage. Manhattan, you're looking at the uh, World Trade Center. We understand that a plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. 9-11 happened, and I was in kind of stuck in Japan in limbo, kind of um, working on some other records, and then out the blue, you know, he sends me a beat. And then he's like, hey, do you want to do this song? That kind of led me to just take a break from what I was doing then and say, hey, you know, okay, I'll do this song with you. Why don't I just call it a sequel and kind of make it into this thing? And and at the time, of course, I didn't mean to keep going after that either. It was really a one-off that led to part two. Once again, now where do I start? Dear love, I'm struck with the pull up to find you here. Every morning I wake from a cavernous night, sometimes still pondering the previous plight. At this point, Lovesick was only meant to be a two-part collaboration. But Shingo says he was stuck in Japan after his flight was canceled in the wake of 9-11. So, Shingo and Nujibes continued collaborating. They did take some time away from Lovesick for a moment, though. In 2003, Nujibes released his debut album, Metaphorical Music, which featured another Shingo 2 collaboration, F-I-L-O, a.k.a. First In, Last Out. The album was a huge commercial success and paved the way for another breakthrough for both artists. Nujibez was contacted by anime director Shinichiro Watanabe, the creator of the acclaimed series Cowboy Bebop. He was working on a new late-night anime called Samurai Champloo, set in Japan's Edo period, but with the sounds and aesthetics of hip-hop. Nujibez contributed several songs to the soundtrack, but most notable was the show's theme song, Battle Cry, featuring Shingo 2. The show was an international success. People called it a pivotal moment in bridging the worlds of anime and hip-hop. There was no time to dwell on their accomplishments, though. Nujibes kept moving forward. In 2005, he released his second solo album, Modal Soul. Light as a feather when I'm floating through, reading through the daily news, measuring the hurt within the golden rule. Centimeters of ether, I'm heating the speaker, motivational teacher with words that burn people. Modal Soul is an odyssey of jazz and hip hop. 
It's about as close as you can get to a definitive work from Nujabes. It features the return of frequent collaborators, like rapper Substantial and Pace Rock, as well as producer Uyama Hiroto. Also on the track list was Lovesick Part 3. This song has gone on to become not just one of the most beloved of the Lovesick series, but one of the most renowned songs from both Nujabes and Shingo 2. Period. When you're making the third part, you're kind of, at that time, you're basically trying to conclude a trilogy, right? So I'm just kind of referring back to we did part one, part two, and it's been, so at the time, it was like three years in between the last song. So I'm just kind of fondly reminiscing over, oh, you know, we did these last two songs but with reference to hip-hop you know we can still kind of keep it true kind of a thing because if you recall like in the early 2000s there was a huge kind of commercialization of hip-hop you know radio got taken over everything was like a r&b hip-hop mashup and and a lot of the people independent scene kind of kind of felt hurt by that you know like all, all of our heroes are not getting the shine and that, you know, all the sample beats are kind of being forgotten, that art of DJing is being forgotten, you know. So we we're really trying to fight for that. Even though Lovesick had reached its natural conclusion, the duo decided they wanted to challenge themselves. In the years following Modal Soul, they began to talk about doing one more trilogy. They began working on part four in 2009. Shingo finished writing lyrics around that time, but they didn't record them right away. From there, they kept up the momentum, getting back to work on part five. He didn't want the Love Six series to be so dark, but I kind of uh, convinced him, like, it's okay to have this up and down, you know, four can be very pretty, five can be dark, and six can be a little bit more ethereal. So that was the whole arc that I sold him. Tragedy would set the tone for part five, both in the ways they did and didn't expect. We kind of lost this younger friend who was a beatboxer. And coincidentally, he was a huge fan of Lovesick Part 3 above any other song. So we ended up dedicating a song to this young beatboxer named Jeff Resurrection. And yeah, it all connects, you know what I mean? Like we had scratched the word Resurrection and then his last name literally happened to be Resurrection. So yeah, it all came together, but... I had notified Nujabes of, you know, Jeff's passing. Then, as if things couldn't get worse, another tragedy struck. I was in Japan at the time, you know, February, March. He had passed in February, but his family didn't let anybody know until March. On February 26, 2010, Nujibes was in a car accident while exiting the Shudo Expressway in Tokyo. He was pronounced dead at the hospital. Nujibes was just 36 years old. It took time for the news of his death to spread, even to his closest collaborators. I kid you not, I was I went to his house one time and, and tried to calling him up, like, hey, what's up? You know? <laughs> so I was really trying to finish these songs, you know, because the summer before that that I had went to his studio, he, he kind of felt very uh kind of in a funk, you know, even though he had built this really nice studio, he had a grand piano, like all of these uh 
you know, very like well-built booths and everything. You know, he had a beautiful studio built inside his home. So I was really encouraging him, you know, just, just don't worry about releasing music. You should just have jam sessions and just see what comes out of it. That's what I do. So by the time, you know, this thing with Jeff happened and then I told him about it and then I was like, okay, this, now is the time. I don't care if I have to go stay at, and sleep on the floor of the studio. Let's do this. So I was really trying to hit him up in February, but no reply. And turns out he was already gone in March. After Nujabez's death, the lovesick hexology was still in flux. Shingo wanted to finish what they'd started together. Working with their producer friend, Uyama Hiroto, Shingo recorded part four at Nujibez's studio in Kamakura and finished writing part five. The first half as a tribute to Jeff Resurrection and the second half as a tribute to Nujibez. Shingo and Nujibez never had a chance to begin working on part six. That was until Shingo received some surprising news. Right after he had passed, I was still in Japan and then his manager at the time, Takumi, he contacted me and said, hey, we're going through his hard drive and then we found a session called Love say grand finale. Does this mean it's a blueprint for the last installment? You know, so I was like, yeah, I was quite surprised. We never discussed it was going to be called grand finale. You know, I thought it was quite poetic. And then I was like, okay, you know, definitely sounds like we can work with this. So I got Uyama to help me and then we finished up the song. With the sudden tragic death of his friend and collaborator, Shingo wanted to make sure everything with the finale was done right. I made sure I put all the players together, you know what I'm saying? Like, I made sure all the recordings took place in his studio. We pulled all the scratch samples from his shelves too. So it was DJ Ko and myself just going through the shelves and then we made it happen. For Shingo, it wasn't just about honoring his friend. It was about honoring the process that brought them together. I really wanted to give a proper send-off, not just to him, but as, you know, to the best of my ability, you know, musically, what I could contribute to the, to the beats, you know. It kind of took a life of its own, you know, after a while, so I just really wanted to do it justice. And, and looking back, you know, I, I'll openly admit, both as an MC myself and Nujibes as a beatmaker, we were still kind of honing our skills. It was very raw when we first did part one, you know. I still cringe sometimes listening to the original recording, but it, it just took years for us to kind of polish our craft, you know what I mean? Starting really raw and then ending up 10 years later to finish up the series, you know, I just really wanted to evolve and even thematically, you know, to really put things in perspective. Lovesick wasn't intended as a sweeping epic series from the outset. Now having seen it to its completion, Shingo looks back and finds a greater vision within the six songs. Well, I think the definition of, of love really varies from person to person, you know. Some people just look at it as a form of affection, but I... For one, you know, I don't know if it's my Japanese DNA, but I, I think sacrifice comes to mind, you know what I mean? And I don't mean that in a negative connotation, like sacrifice means to give yourself willingly to something that you strongly believe in, whether it's a person, whether it's family, whether it's a culture or your cause, like you really give yourself fully, 
you know what I mean, without thinking about consequences or without thinking about what you're going to get out of it. So that was a prevailing attitude that, you know, I've always felt like a kid in a library entering this hip hop culture, you know what I mean? Like I've always had to have a mindfulness of being a student. That was really the theme, you know, being in love with music, but you really had to devote yourself to it. In the 13 years since Nujibez's death, Shingo has continued to celebrate his legacy. Beyond the release of the full Lovesick Hexology, he's gone on tour to share this music with old and new fans alike. Now that we're a lot older, like literally kids who grew up watching Samurai Champloo kind of put us on somewhat of a pedestal, you know what I mean? Like as being the quote originators of this type of sound, you know. Obviously Nujabes is his own, he, it's, he's his own entity, but you know, by default, if I'm kind of putting in the same conversation, then that's really a neat thing for me. While the world has lost Nujabes, his music still finds new life every day. His catalog plays like a love letter to hip-hop and music at large. Tragedy may have taken him too soon, but music is eternal. This piece was written by Dusty Henry. Audio was produced by Roddy Nikpour. Next week, we're taking you to 1983, the year when the movie Wu-Tang and Shaolin was released. We'll bring you an exclusive panel discussion to dig into Kung Fu and Asian influences in hip-hop. I'm Larry Myself Jr., We'll see you next time on 50 Years of Hip Hop from listener-powered KEXP, where the music matters. Mmm, your job is. Ha 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 ha! Okay.